What's up, what's up, guys? This is D22, Tosa Wayne Chung, and this is my co-host for the, the California 2020 podcast, Michael Lamas. Thank you guys from Reddit for supporting us. Like, uh, you know, I was hoping for, like, three upvotes, and we, we peaked out at, like, 12, I think. So. Listen, this show has gone over better than I ever expected. I expected there to be three people, you know, watching every show. And honestly, that's because I really thought you would break down and beg your mom to watch it and add to us watching it. And that I would did. be the three. What? I did. I did. You begged, did your mom watch it? Yeah, she's definitely the third. Oh, man. So did she hear the stuff I said about her on the last episode? Or did we say that off camera? We said that off camera, right? She oh, okay, okay. English. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I assume most of our uh, listeners or watchers, right? Because you guys, if you don't know, you can now access this. Uh, as an audio podcast on seven different formats. Is that correct, Wayne? Yeah. Okay. And so we did, I did add a, a, honestly, a donation thing below the anchor link if you guys, you know, want to support us. But Oh, yeah, you guys, you guys are being real cheap so far. You know, uh, like this is, this is hours of uh, work for us. And uh, so far we're working for free, like, you know, most other people in a capitalist society end up doing anyways. So I guess no different. And one thing that is good for us is we're actually contributing to the world right now, right? We're actually creating stuff, and uh, I assume benefiting the world. And massively, you know, good, yeah, I think so. There's a good chance we're going to die in the next few months as a result of you know election and post-election related violence. So I think it's nice for us to just leave something here, since uh, I mean, you know, neither you or I have really you know done shit except waste our lives up to this point. I think. Uh, we, we've kept the, the night shift of the bicycle at Tom Casino going for a little while. You know, see, this is what I like about you, Wayne. Like, you're completely delusional, but you do in your head consider that a contribution to society. So We cheers. are like the emergency response team for the bicycle at Tom Casino. I would say there's no we way we can actually explain to most of our listeners how, how much we did for the bicycle casino. Mm. But I, I think people at the bicycle casino know that it would... I mean, it's kind of out of business right now as a result of coronavirus, but... If it hadn't been for coronavirus, the Bicycle Casino would still be in business, and that is only because of us. Yeah. Without us, no, right? Obviously, especially you, Wayne, honestly. And you're mm. right now, you're keeping the Bicycle Casino going. You are making new Bicycle Casino content every day. So anyway, <laughs> shout out to the Bicycle Casino and, uh, you shout know. Shout out to the bike, hire us back. Hire me back. I don't know yeah, if you want your job back. Shout out to all our old friends on unemployment and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what is, What's the food program? Uh, how do how do I eat? What's the name of that? Hmm? Uh, what's the, the the thing I get with the vouchers for food? What do they call that? Like uh, welfare, whatever, man. Food stamps. I don't, EBT. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, that, that's okay. that's why I got this glass of water right now. Without EBT, no water. Well, in the in the daytime, I do podcasts or live at the bike. So I had Dan Zach by day, Michael Loss, Michael Lamas by night. So. Yeah. Yeah, all equal equal poker ability uh, in those two uh, those two persons for sure. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Yeah, let's get started for season one, episode six. It's... You guys, I have to tell you, I didn't expect that we would make it halfway through the show, right? Um, you know, I've been expecting to have a fast food related heart attack any day now. It hasn't happened yet, and um, we're still here. We're still doing it. And again, really appreciate you guys. Really happy that some of the comments we received. Any constructive criticism as well. All three of them. All three uh, of them. Yeah. Any th the three comments, right? We're looking for maybe one and a half more on average from this episode. So. Shout out to Barry be, Woods too. Be the half. Be the half. 
So season one, episode six is absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. Have you had an absinthe? Yeah, but I mean, like, were they even drinking absinthe in this episode? Like, they just got a bottle of wine, right? Was it was absinthe what, what she bought at the store? I drank absinthe, but I don't remember. But, but what did she? Ha 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 ha! Okay, that that was oh yeah, that was oh line. no, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, a- absinthe is. Uh, I mean, I'm not a drinker really at all. But absinthe is pretty terrible, man. I mean, I just, oh, man. I mean, it's like, you know, not only do I have to down some poison because alcohol to me always tastes like poison. Poison. Right? Why would, yeah, why would it? It, it is actual poison. So, and then, you know, the, throwing a licorice taste on top of that, like, forget it, man. I'm like, no, thank you. That's some nasty stuff. So uh, Hank's at the grocery store, drinks a swig of unpurchased alcohol, which maybe that's absinthe. Yeah, maybe it it absinthe's illegal in the U.S. So it, is? it shouldn't be. I thought it was. Uh, Google it real quick. All right. Well. Well, Hank drinks a swig of unpurchased um, un, an unpurchased bottle of alcohol. You know, looks around, gets you know, puts a snack in the the shopping cart. And Surfer Lady, who's been on How You Met Your Mother, shout out to one of the other best shows of all time, uh, and says, hey, do you know anything about wine? Hank yeah. responds, responds, wine is fine, but whiskey is quicker. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, it's a playoff on the Ogden Nash poem, right? So, um, And unnamed lady says, suicide is slow with liquor. Yeah, we can. I think we can go ahead and call her Surfer Girl because that's what she's listed as in the credits. Mm. Um, but it, it's a name that doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, nonetheless, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and stick to that. So, yeah, we don't have to say unnamed lady. I got she's. Well, that was girl. part of the, that was part of the episode's joke. Is she's unnamed lady? Oh, well, I'm sorry. Well, they're all unnamed lady. Oh, I get it. Because at the very uh, twice, right? Twice passes on opportunities to reveal twice. her name. Yeah. Well, listen. If, if you know, if you need somebody to ruin something, uh, just ask my mom. You know, my sister, my ex-wife. Uh, you know, I, I'm your man. Um, so, yeah, I know somebody who looks exactly like her, by the way. Which is um, so. Why which aren't I, you with her? Well, obviously, I can barely talk to her, right? I mean, like, it's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, no, actually, she, I, I'm, I'm just banking on nobody ever watching the show, because no. if the stuff. No, don't do that. Up. This thing, no, 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 this show's blowing up. So, unnamed lady that you mentioned that looks like unnamed lady in the show. This is Michael Moss. Hit him up. He's gonna have some, you know, Reddit stuff. Well, no, she's. Here's the thing. She's married to one of my best friends from school. So, oh. um, yeah, that that wouldn't necessarily prevent me from making a play, which I think my friend knows, which is why I don't. I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to hang out with them very often. Just saying. Cause yeah, I mean they've been together now for, yeah, they've been together now for a long time, right? So, it's like they're probably sick of each other at this point. So it's a good time to make a play. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't hang out with them. But she's, she's awesome, and she's actually weirdly like this character, but like in a way that is like super competent and professional, but also like very spiritual and kind of like, you know, hippie. And uh, yeah, hopefully this uh, doesn't get out. Hopefully, hopefully nobody sees, n- nobody sees the show. 
but uh, oh no, it, this it, show's taken off. Like, yeah, Californication um, is going to get rebooted because. Well, of... let's put it this way: if if she happens to you know Google me regularly because she's infatuated with me and she finds this, that would be okay. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be upset at that. If he Google's me for whatever reason, that'd be really bad. So, mm. but um, you know, I mean, what what what's a friendship if not made for breaking? Well, you you should know this about me right now, Wayne, because you know we're on borrowed time. Time to cash in on that borrowed time. So that's what we're that's what we're doing right now. You have to you have to you have to harass me to get me to record every episode so that we can do at it. At the bank, at the bank. What this this uh, this podcast is probably going to be the the impetus for our breakup. But uh, all right, so so yeah, so we got the oh shout out to the dude who wants to be who wants to come in. I forgot his name. I'll I'll, I'll put him on. But yeah, yeah. We'll, so we'll, the guy on the Reddit comments, man, we're, we'll 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 hit we'll hit him up eventually. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there's a really good chance you're going to replace me soon because Wayne's Wayne's getting sick of my work ethic, you know. Uh, I, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm sick of. <laughs> it's my face. All right. Anyway, All right. unnamed lady says that stuff will kill you, and then Hank responds, "Life will kill you." Whoa. Yeah, that that sounds like something that's like profound, but just isn't really profound at all. Oh right? no, it's like, profound. Is it? Is, I, it's super I, it's super profound like he just said hey everything that's ever lived is going to die which shows that he's not really super knowledgeable because he doesn't know about like the immortal jellyfish and things like that right or the cells of Henrietta Lack so I mean this guy you know he, he doesn't he doesn't even know that there are immortal things life doesn't always kill you, you know he's wrong I interpreted it as life kills your soul <laughs> mm-hmm I don't know Be, because it's just disappointment after disappointment yeah and they're I mean, just kind of like, why are you here? Why are we here? Here's, this is an amazing thing about human beings that somebody like Hank Moody can say that life kills your soul. Look at this guy's had an absolutely charmed life. I mean, the things and the struggles he has to deal with are the struggles of an incredibly privileged, incredibly wealthy person who has incredibly beautiful women throwing themselves at him all the time. Boy, I'm so sorry for your soul, man. Really so sorry. It must be must be so hard. Must be so hard to be Hank Moody, no, uh, but no. as humans, we always get accustomed to wherever we're at, I guess. And so, wherever we're at, eventually ends up becoming disappointing, and then you have to get higher and higher and higher until you try to play too high, and then you can't beat the game anymore, and then you get, you know, you take a, you take a smackdown. So. I have a feeling this is about me. Anyway, names. So- <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody does, man. Everybody, this is why everybody sees himself in that description, right? Which is like, there really is something wrong with us, man. There really is. We're, we're like, we're, we're born to beat ourselves up. So, yeah. So, unnamed lady doesn't have enough to pay. Hank pulls out some cash. He's like, yeah. she's like, no, no, can't let you do that. But you know, whatever. Of course she does, right? She's just playing. She, she's just like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, Hank says, unless you have some dollar stash in your, what was the term? Like, hoo-ha or something Did like that? Did you say that? hoo-ha? Yeah, he probably something said like hoo-ha. That. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she's like, you're sweet. Which is like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're done. And she's like, and right. And he's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he knows what time it is. He knows what time it is. 10 p.m. And, the, and then the cashier, who? Oh, yeah. The checkout girl is disgusted. And Hank's yeah. like, what? Damsel in distress? I'd make a run to you too. And she's like so pissed. Well, I mean, that that's, yeah, because 
I mean, she exactly because she's looking at the other girl and she knows that life is just handed to that other girl. You know, she knows that other girl ain't about nothing, right? But she gets, you know, whatever she wants. She gets guys to pop in and pay. And then, uh, you know, she knows she's crusty, right? Like the cashier knows knows what Hank says is right, and she can't handle it. And she's she's annoyed, and you know, she just thinks it's absurd. But it's it's really just jealousy. She's just hating, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, look, some people got to work, and then attractive people, they don't have to work if they don't want to. You know, do you know that the same circuitry in our brains judges how beautiful people are? And, and like the the big thing that it judges is is cheekbones right just bizarre and weird right it's very but cheeky it's yeah well, right so but the same circuitry in our brains also judges how like morally good a person is and there's just massive circuitry crossover and what happens is we we give we grant to attractive people the quality of moral goodness and we grant and we assign to ugly people the quality of you know moral badness and that's a pretty messed up thing right and it, it quite frankly observing the world it feels like attractive people take a lot of advantage of that um, in general and they get a lot of they get cut a lot of breaks you know so yeah it is what it is. But anyways, here we see more breaks being cut for uh, I mean, this girl's this girl's she's very good looking. Right? I mean, she's, I thought the cashier girl was like pretty cute too. I don't know. No, no, she's really hot. I mean, she looks like she looks like she's like a nineteen seventies like victim of a serial killer. Like she looks really good. Yeah. I think uh, the cashier needed Hank's life advice of or advice of life will kill you. I think yeah, the cashier she, needed like, the advice more she, than she had no soul left. Life had already killed her, right? She was she was just you know dragged down by having to work at the store i mean she yeah was... but that's that's the that's the part where you know i guess hank could say looks like life killed you Ooh, he should have <laughs> he should have that but that would have been mean hank doesn't hank doesn't want to be yeah. mean hank is actually somewhat nice for him in this scene because he says i'll make a run at you crusty right i will but like he totally won't and um yeah he won't hank here's the thing hank doesn't actually make a run at anyone that's the like that's mm. the most unbelievable thing about the show is that Hank does everyone makes a run of Hank, right? And you know, I've certainly read things where it's like, yeah, you know, act uninterested, like don't pursue women. Yeah, well guess what? I roll I do that strategy too. You know? <laughs> doesn't doesn't work out for me like it works out for Hank. You know? I've, yeah. Um so Hank Hank Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, then she's waiting outside for him, right? Yeah, Hank exits at the liquor store and server chick is there and he's like, Oh, Callie? <laughs> Such such an advantage for chicks hmm. i mean if you're like i made some kind of creepy joke slash non-jokes about waiting outside of uh like a girl's apartment and you know just sitting on the step waiting for her to get home which i don't actually do um, today today right yeah uh i don't actually do it anymore and um but she can just like wait outside the store for him right like imagine if you had a conversation with a woman in the store about like a good wine and then you were just like waiting outside the store and you kind of just like tapped on the bottle like like the unnamed girl did as as you know as hank's leaving the store and he's like gave her like kind of like a knowing glance right and tapped on the bottle like what's up you gonna drink with me like that doesn't work you can't do that like it just doesn't work like it's such an event it's not fair right it's really really unfair and um 
you know, women are always complaining and saying they have it so much worse than guys, but we all know the truth. Cheers to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> it's not fair to deny me. That's ironic. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Anyway. Is that absinthe? Absinthe is legal now, by the way, as of like 2007. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. My knowledge was outdated. But I, I get. But you made me think that I may have unintentionally lied when I said I had it. No, I, I don't know. I thought it was illegal. but I have had some kind of licorice-flavored um, junk. So it's been legalized since 2007. That would make it, you know, pretty good timing. Yeah. 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 It probably they're just out. cheating because it sounds like absence, right? And they're, they're yeah. using that. No, I but, just mean the the episode title used absence, but it right. was illegal and now it's legal. Yeah. So it could it's it's really just alcohol, right? Alcohol makes the heart grow fonder, and that's. She surfer girl, unnamed surfer girl, strumming the guitar. Yeah. She's high. She loves yeah. the vinyl. Says a great line. You're just an analog guy in a digital world, which everybody's in a digital world now. So. Yeah, but but Hank, I mean, for, he's playing vinyl, right? This is just Hank doesn't want to blog, right? He complains about LOL. This is just perfect for him. This girl has just summed him up perfectly. He even says I might steal that, but it really is like analog guy in a digital world should actually be the byline for Hank's Hank's blog. Like that should be the byline for his online digital biography. But it, it is. It's what he is. And it's how he sees himself, at least. So it's perfect. And, you know, so I was I was thinking that Hank was probably going to reject her up until that moment. Mm. Yeah. No. And, and then Hank asks what unnamed girl's name is. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, wouldn't you rather just fuck me and never know? Yeah. And Hank's like, uh, this is romance is dead. Right. And well, no, it's always, that's one of the best things to hear, you know, like the three or four times, like a girl said that to me, it's been, it's been pretty great. It's not a thing that would never happen. Um, it's just like, th this is like part of a, like a horror story. It's always like, oh, you just hook up with this chick and in the morning, your kidney's missing. And there's like a blood yeah. written on the wall. You have AIDS. Yeah. That's, that's actually in the China version of Californication. <laughs> uh oh. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> uh, this will be the last episode that uh, Michael Moss will be joining with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, All right. So Hank's knocked down on the floor. There's a knock on the door. There's like empty glasses, wine, vinyl, vinyl spinning. Yeah. And it's uh, Mia. Cigarettes, yeah. And yeah, then, Mia's uh, always just popping up at the house. Mia's the worst. Mia is the most Shakespearean character in the whole thing in the sense that I, I really think she's Yago. I mean, Mia is Iago. just a... Uh, oh, Mia's... What? I was thinking Lady Macbeth, but... Yeah. Well, late, I mean, I guess Mia does have a little bit of tenderness, So, and Lady Macbeth finds some tenderness eventually. Uh, but no, I just think she's really cruel and, and calculating. And the thing is, Lady Macbeth is all about taking power through her husband's status, and Mia's that really all about... very cruel and calculating. Yeah, but Mia's yes. all about herself. Mia wants the power for herself, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like Lady Macbeth is like goading Macbeth into getting power, kind of for herself too. I'm mean, sure. Uh, no, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But I don't. I feel like. Uh, I mean, Iago is just a master manipulator, willing to make up anything. And, uh, you know, Lady Macbeth is pretty much just any normal woman who gets into a position of power. 
Oh, so. getting canceled. Anyway, but, but no, listen. I, on the scale of evilness, Yago is definitely above. Uh, is sure. is above Lady Macbeth for sure. And I've got Mia as just being that evil. You're I talking about the are... parrot or the Othello character? Which one? The, uh, yeah. the parrot. <laughs> the parrot. No, that parrot. He's a real dick. Um, <laughs> is you know? Have you heard the stuff that dude says? I think I'm gonna die from not surprises. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know this parrot. But it's I've known Aladdin. Few... That's from Aladdin. I've never seen Aladdin, man. Dude, I don't watch Ro- I don't watch Robin Williams movies on principles on principle, especially ones that are uh, you know extremely uncomfortable and racist. Cheers. <laughs> anyway, Mia comes in, and then Hank's like, "Fuck me," and then Mia's like, "All right, sure." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's so funny, man. I mean, I mean, Mia, it is actually kind of funny, but you gotta let, you gotta let a lot go. <laughs> like fuck me she's like okay and starts moving towards him <laughs> hank's like stop hank's like she robbed me stole my guitar and uh it's not every day you know a lady steals a guy's g-strings uh nope. she, she stole his records and mia's like who did this hank's like i don't know some girl and mia's like she lets you have access to her most most intimate parts of her body and she wouldn't give you her name yeah, and I mean, this is Mia, who it's pretty surprising to hear her upset by that because she's clearly someone who will use sex as a weapon. So. No, I mean, I think she, she had a really good opportunity to be like, haha, you have HIV now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so somehow I feel like uh, as as uncomfortable as some of the jokes are, uh, making HIV jokes would, um, would they probably wouldn't make it past the, yeah, probably somebody's going to cut those out. At some point. Although they might actually make, they might make that, make those jokes. I mean, they certainly make, those jokes and always sunny but it's kind of a different kind of show so yeah it might be a little bit too uncomfortable with uh, hank's lifestyle too like that might be a real concern um, anyway hank's like seemed seemed like a fair trade at the time uh hank's like what do you want me is like you know peace in the least two hour orgasms and your lesser work hank is like that is not possible two hour right. orgasms or his lesser work yeah so says hank i guess he just i guess he just hasn't been there huh now we know what his limitations are. Yeah, hour fifty, hour fifty-eight. Yeah. yeah, we know we know that's the cap, that's the ceiling for Hank, right? We don't know exactly how long. I mean, certainly we're gonna get some, we're gonna get information on Runkle that you know puts a pretty hard cap on his ceiling. But um, yeah, so, he's, uh, not that I would know any better, but there seems to be a lot of like faked orgasms all through the show. Kind of makes me wonder. I feel like that's that's real life. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. It's. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I've heard this from other people. I'm, I'm just hoping someday a girl will fake an orgasm with me because even like a fake orgasm would just make me feel good for a second. Like she I, she cared enough to fake it. Exactly. Just right. don't tell me, you yeah. know, don't tell me. And then I'll feel good about myself for once. Right. Instead of like, uh, you know, instead of having to be like, did you get there? And then they're like, I didn't even know you started. And you're like, uh, I've been doing it for like 40 minutes. And they're like, oh, with me and it's just it's just awful you know so it'd be and like people don't try to hurt me but it just it just happens oh i've seen people try to hurt you yeah yeah what what do you know open oh okay just kidding uh Uh, no i can't 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 do that stories guys we got some good stories that can't make it out on air sorry (laughs) no yes no okay that's mia's joke too hank tells mia to uh write herself and then 
And he's like, oh, cry rape. And he's like, no, you won't. You enjoy torturing me too much. And she's like, right. Which is know. true. She yeah. likes holding that uh, over, over. So, we also tell... get an indication, though, that for, from Mia that Bill doesn't really help her out much with school. So that is, uh, I do think, you know, there's definitely something going on with Mia where she looks to Hank as a better father. She also looks to him as a lover and she's completely in love with him. But she's got some issues with feeling neglected at home and feels like Bill doesn't, Bill idealizes her maybe and doesn't take an actual interest in her life. The way that Hank takes an interest in Becca's life, she's super jealous about that. And her response to that is to chase after Hank um, because she thinks he's a good, because of his qualities, he's a good father. So on top of that, it's like, it is like Lady Macbeth. She wants to like empower Macbeth and then they could be king and queen ruling. Who's them. Macbeth? Hank? Hank? Hank, yeah. Who's he supposed to kill, Bill? Sure. Yeah, all Thane right. Of, Thane of Cawdor? I don't know, whatever, anyway. Uh, Hank tells Mia to write anything and he will give her notes and Mia's like, huh, you do that for me? Hank's like, why wouldn't I? And he's like, my dad, Bill, wouldn't, you know, help me yeah. with my own work. Hank's yeah. like, as much as I'd like to hear that Bill is, like, not a good father, yet, not tonight, this creeps me out. Yeah. Mia's, like, giving you been inside of me and all. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, these characters should not be hanging out with each other, but uh, here we have Mia just continuing to press the issue, so. Hank's she's so like, comfortable with it. I mean, she's just so sadistically comfortable with the whole thing. Uh, Hank does call her bluff, though, right? He says... He says you're not going to do anything about mm -hmm. it. So he is kind of calling her bluff, but he's still concerned. Hank's like, you're smart little sociopath. So put two sentences together and, you know, work it out, give him notes or whatever. Yeah. And she does know, you know, weird literary references. So she clearly has some kind of history with reading stuff. I'm sure she can write well enough at a high school level. I mean, I turned in absolute drivel to my creative writing teachers in high school and they you know passed with flying colors because i was able to put you know two sentences together which was good enough at the schools i went to so harvard um, yeah <laughs> you know i wrote about in my um you said harvard yeah yeah i, I mean i no, i wish i mean they put me on the waiting list but then they said no show off so it was, no that's a good decision um so I, I turned in a paper. My very last paper I turned in was about a, a little girl who was like completely neglected. And, um, you know, she was like uh, really bullied and beaten up at school. And this this character was clearly, clearly me. And, um, <laughs> you know, and then she had she lived with her grandparents who like loved her a lot. And like the end of the story, she shot and killed her grandparents. And they let me turn that in at school. And my teacher gave me an A on this project and did not turn this into a school psychologist or, you know, turn me in to get uh, any kind of help or perhaps expulsion. Um, thankfully, this was before Columbine because I'm pretty sure if it was after Columbine, I would have, uh, sorry, I just revealed my age. Very bad mistake on, on my part. I was in uh, high school very early. I was like 12. And um, yeah, so really, really glad I didn't go down for that because it was particularly tr troubling and problematic story. Wish I still had it. Really, really problematic. Don't so now, parents, kids. I will try. Not some to. of them, some of them deserve it, but even if they deserve it, it's too much of a risk. They're old; they're gonna die anyways. If your last name is Hitler, you could probably kill your grandparents. But sure, yeah. You, 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 if your last name is Hitler, you probably would, because you're, you know, more likely to be a homicidal maniac. 
So now we're in Runkle's office, and Danny California comes in yeah. and is like, you asked for me, you wanted me, and yeah. Runkle's like, uh, yeah, I dropped an Advil on the floor, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, and seems like we, he really dropped an Advil, right? I thought I thought it was a bogus story, but I guess he was, uh, like, his intonations made it seem like it was a bogus story, but I guess he really dropped an Advil. So, whatever. He's just having his secretary look for his Advil. Sure. Yeah. It's crawling around looking for it. Danny California's like, whatever you say, boss. And Runkle's yeah. like, go slowly. And she's like, yes, boss. And she crawls around. And then Marcy knocks and bursts in. Oh. And, uh, yeah, he's like, Runkle's like, whoa. And Danny California's like, yeah. good afternoon, Mrs. Runkle. Marcy is like, uh, what the F is going on here? Yeah, the yeah. look on Runkle's face was the same as the look on my face when I was 16 and I was on the top bunk that I shared with my brother. And, uh, you know, my mom kind of barged in through the door and I was on the top bunk with the Fredericks of Hollywood catalog. Same exact look that uh, Runkle had on his face was not what uh, was not good for me or my mom. Still haven't looked her in the eye to this day. Uh, yeah, don't barge. Don't barge in at your kids, especially when they're going through puberty. Not cool, mom. So, uh, or Marcy, not cool. How are you just gonna barge in on your man cheating on you with a secretary? Like that's not cool. Cold. Donnie California is like, good afternoon, Ms. Runkle. Marcy's like, the f is going on, Runkle. Well, kind of. I mean, Marcy. Here's the thing. Marcy's in this like zone where like I don't think Marcy really thinks anything's going on, but she's like, this is weird. This is weird. So she's kind of like half joking, half not joking, right? She does. She doesn't know, but of course, you know, you're gonna give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. So, you know, hopefully there's a but then when when the when Danny holds up the Advil, Marcy's like, oh, it is an Advil. You can kind of see like the gears are turning in her head, but she's not sure what to do with it. And um, Runkle's like, I dropped an Advil, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. you know, Danny California's like, you know, round, you know. Yeah. Well, she finds it. And then we're like, oh, we thought we was, she was in trouble. See, Wayne, I told you he really dropped an Advil, right? You thought something more illicit totally. was going on in the scene. Yeah. And when, you know, when he rolled up that magazine and you maybe thought he was going to, you know, like slap her ass with the magazine, he was at, there was actually a fly and he saw a fly and he was going to try and take out the fly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, I, Danny is magic, right? Like if you're going to cheat with some chick, you want it to be Danny because this girl can just conjure up Advil out of thin air, right? And that can help. If you're in a precarious situation where you're about to be, get caught, it can also help if you have a real headache, right? Like, hey, just give me an Advil, you know? Like, you don't even got to have a bottle around or anything. Really nice, really solid quality that you don't expect someone to have. Marcy is like, she's like your little slave, that one. It's like, whoa. Yeah, Charlie's, Charlie gets like super high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, very, very uncomfortable. Ruckle's like, uh, you want to get lunch? Marcy's like, I'd rather get laid. And gets on top of him. Runkle's like, uh, or gets on top of the Runks, who is already halfway there. Yeah. And in 11 seconds, boom. Yeah, I counted. 11 yeah. seconds. Oh, then Mark. That's nice. Mar were, were you compare? Were you comparing it to like yourself? You wanted to see. Uh, you want to see who was better? Yeah, I was just like, I was like, my record's 12. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Solo. Man. Yeah. Well, I just assumed though it was pure solo. Um, so yeah. Well, Charlie's obviously a minute man. I don't think. Uh, Eleven second. I counted. Oh, that's pretty bad, man. That's pretty bad. I, I you know, I, I read somewhere that the median was the median was like two and a half minutes, or something like that. Like that was that that was about 
it might have been like it might have been like most of the time it's like between one and a half and two and a half minutes all i can tell you is i'm super jealous of people who can finish in one and a half or two and a half minutes man i gotta work a lot harder than that like uh respect man i wish i could finish in two and a half minutes and just keep, kick people out you know i gotta i gotta work so hard people are trying to get kicked out they're like are you done yet like no are you and they're like i, I don't think i'm gonna be done okay <laughs> ever. Uh, great. Yeah. And um, yeah, Marcy says, I guess I'll hit Nordstrom's. Yeah, I mean, hit up Nordstrom to make herself feel better. She was looking pretty good in the scene too. She clearly came in dressed, uh, dressed up, rich lady, nice, you know, like middle aged rich lady, good. So, I, uh, you know, of course you're gonna go to Nordstrom's. Like that's 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 how that's what she does. I don't know. Doesn't she? Marcy has a job, right? Like, so I'm not sure. Yeah, she just uses the waxing. Yeah, but maybe I guess maybe she works at night a lot of times. I don't know, but Black how can she just Black pop in for lunch? Yeah, Charlie was trying to get her out of there too. Charlie was trying to get her like he didn't want to do anything with her because you know he's a cheating bastard, and uh, that's a pretty big tell right there. Like who would not be down for a quickie at, at lunch in their uh, in their office, right? Like there's no if a dude passes that up, it's a it's a red flag. Hank and Karen are at Becca's concert. Uh, her group's name is Kill Jill. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it starts off sorrowful. Then the rocks on. Then they rock on. And then uh, Becca was like, "Let's do this again." And no, not delusional. You guys aren't gonna get back together. But it's nice that they get all. Wayne, did you do you still like Becca after this scene? After the uh, and I mean only the scene where she's singing. Uh, she's playing the concert. Yeah. Why? Because she's she it. is. No. She's the absolute worst singer in television history. She's like They're, she's like a freaking kid. Yeah, tons of kids can sing. Tons of kids can't. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Mouseketeers, right, or whatever? We've the Mickey yeah, Mouse Britney was one. Britney, yeah, exactly. We've already talked about Britney Spears, right? Like, kids can sing. Becca can't sing. They shouldn't make Becca sing in the show. They or they should have gotten an actress who can actually sing because she's very bad and it hurt my ears to have to listen to it and make it through the scene. And I don't care if she's a kid, right? When you go up on stage, you're putting yourself out there and it is fair to criticize you. No, Becca, you're you have cool. totally don't. frozen on me, Wayne. There you go. I'm you're not back. Frozen. Yeah, no, Becca, you're back. Becca, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. He's a hater. Yeah, he's, you just, might have he's to... upset that he did not get in the Mickey, Mickey Mouse Club. I'm upset that I can't sing and I'm upset that I was never in a band because I would have been awesome if you needed somebody to like break a guitar on stage. I would have been great at that, right? If you needed somebody like urinate on the crowd without, you know, a care in the world, I, I would have been great. But I never got the opportunity because I wasn't cool enough and I'm still bitter. And so, I, but I could honestly sing as well as Becca, which is extremely poorly. And um, she has no business. It must have it must have been really hard for her as an actress too to do that scene, knowing how uh, how embarrassed she should she should be over that. So yeah, this is really this is the start of my not liking Becca because uh, no singing talent. He's a born hater. Mia... I don't appreciate people who don't know know themselves. You know, like she needs to take a look in the mirror or maybe you know do a quick recording, and um, you know, like, like some this. people really some people really suck at singing and they shouldn't do it. Some people really sure. suck at podcasting and they shouldn't do it. Now I'm not saying anybody here, but there's some people that should just know they shouldn't do it. All right, I'll take a hand. I'm outie. Bye. Yeah. Alright. So, so I'm gonna me, resume now and the rest of the show is gonna be about all the embarrassing stories I have about Wayne. Um all two of them. I got nothing. 
played a hand really bad once. <laughs> just, I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. It's probably alive at the bike. So Hank picks up a gets a call. It's Mia. Mia's like, you have to get me in trouble. You know, the the sketchy teacher from the all girls school is like trying to get her in a threesome. And then uh, Hank's like, okay, okay, okay. And then um, he has to get out. Yeah. He claims Runkle needs an ear. And yeah. Becca and Karen obviously don't buy it. Uncle Charlie. Yeah, Uncle Charlie. Uh, so Hank busts in on, I guess, a hotel room. The guy's doing coke. And uh, he's about to, to drag me out. And then um, he lights up a little coke, puts in the cigarette, and then puts it out on Mr. Teacher's chest. Yeah, on his like, just pops a cigarette right up, burns his nipple off or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, this this is a real good thing to do. You know, if you're a if you're a good person, you just you light cigarettes intentionally for the purpose of uh, you know just like burning a dude's nipple. That's um, I mean, I, it seems like a punch would have done okay, but uh, I don't know. This dude this dude had a lot of weight on uh, Hank, so coking and punching. Uh, what? Coking and punching. Coking, yeah, well, hopefully just coking. I mean, that dude obviously had some other plans. Mia's pretty shook in this scene. I think Mia, Mia's pretty worried. Um, she does, of course, make stuff up in the bathroom. Mia's a pretty resourceful girl. I'm sure she could have gotten herself out of there by herself. But she, Which Hank I, calls I her think, out for. What? Which Hank calls her out for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, she's, she's definitely making extra drama here to get Hank involved in the drama. There's no doubt about that. And uh, she, she could have got... First of all, she should never be in this situation in the first place, although she's 16, so I guess we can forgive her. But, like, man, this teacher is out of his mind. The guy the guy who's acts this role does a great job. I mean, he's a coked-out, overweight animal. I mean, he's just an, an absolute animal. So respect him, but he, he's a... Wow, this guy's this guy's the worst teacher I've ever seen. I mean, it's, it's really shocking. So, yeah. I mean, and then Hank leaves some other girl there, right? That doesn't seem like Hank. Honestly, like he just left that other girl there. Hank is a white knight, man. He's not leaving any students in that room with that guy. There's no chance that would happen. It was very not his character. So the the script needed it. So I guess I don't did it really. He could have said know. you're coming with me. Yeah, you know? that's true. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem like a necessary. But I guess he went out for Mia. He didn't save anybody else. So you know, he actually left his own family. This is how much he's, he's such a white knight, though. You know, he knows Mia is a master manipulator, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's like sometimes you get in situations like this where you think the person is manipulating, but it's possible that they're not. And that's an unfortunate card that manipulators get to play because she might be serious. And if she's serious, he's a 16 year old girl in, in real trouble. Right. And so you kind of have to respond to that. But it's you know, people, people abuse this, you know, the worst people in society abuse this all the time. So Hank knocks on Karen's door. Karen's like, "What happened?" You know, it's uh, Uncle Charlie. And uh, yeah, Karen and uh, Hank asks, you know, where is Becca's there? He wants to spend time with her. Karen's like, "Well, she went to celebrate with her bandmates." And uh, Hank will Tank tells Karen that he'll call back in the morning. Um, you know, they kind of talk about like, "Hey, we we made that," and Karen's like, "You little bit, me bigger bit." Yeah, and then yeah, Karen. Like, Karen. Karen doesn't really know genetics all that well. She needs a, a little bit of education. Yeah. Uh, but she got this part right. You want to come in for a drink? Well, yeah. she didn't get it right because this is a pretty 
Karen's a bad girl. You know, like, Karen's already cheated on Hank. Now she continues to keep up a flirtatious relationship with Hank, including when Bill's not around. Invites him in for a drink when Bill's not around. Um, gets drunk and, you know, in the pool side while Bill's not around. Hank also is plays this very poorly. You know, she says, do you want to come in for a drink? And Hank just runs in like a, an excited <laughs> little boy. You know, like, he just he can't believe it. He's, he, he gets, you know... He gets a whiff, whiff. Well, he gets a whiff again, and he can't. He just runs in. Yeah, it's a lot of smelling in this episode. So, yeah, such. You know, you gotta play it better than that. I mean, you gotta be like, no. You know, I gotta get go home, right? And then she's like, no, come on, come in for a drink. And then you're like, well, all right, just one. And then you stay and pretend to let her lead the whole time while you seduce her. I mean, that. First of all, I have no experience in that, but I've I've read about it in books. No experience. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, they're Bill's place and Hank's there and they are high AF and drinking white wine, good weed white wine to come alive in the nighttime. Yeah. Well there's actually the, the Charlie and Marcy scene is first, but we can do that. Can oh do that that's scene. right. My bad. No, yeah. no, no, we gotta back up. I I misread. So Marcy and Runks are in bed. Runks like, we should try some like uh dominatrix slave stuff. Marcy's like, um and they talk about some kinky stuff and like maybe like peeing on her and she's like uh then he's like she's like i i guess do whatever and then he's like do you have a safe word and she's like just don't pee on me i guess yeah so they're just like not on the same page the, but the, a really uncomfortable conversation not an easy conversation to bring up with somebody right especially somebody who you've been with for a long time who apparently doesn't know that you're into all this stuff this stuff is a real red flag you know, somebody, I mean, we know Charlie's cheating and somebody who starts bringing up all this like weird stuff and, and acting really weird in the bedroom, uh, you got to ask some real questions about that. Um, it, it's kind of a tell. But Marcy, I mean, I have an interesting story about this. You know, I, uh, the brief time that I was in law school, you know, I knew a girl who was really into this kind of stuff and I, I didn't really know anything about it. So I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of like flying by the seat of my pants, like just trying to figure out like, okay, how can I, you know, cause how can I give this girl a, a good time? Because, you know, I'm pretty, I'm frankly pretty desperate, you know, that hasn't changed. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to keep myself in there, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how does this go? Right. How can, and, and to be quite honest, you know, it was a really good learning experience because she taught me how to be really rough and um, really rough, uh, really rough works. Really rough is, is good. Uh, you should you know, as a guy, you should basically ramp up the roughness and the violence until you reach somebody's point where they don't like it anymore because pretty much they are going to like it. So, but I, I remember I was in law school one day and I was like, I was sitting in like the far back row of a lecture hall and of course barely paying attention to whatever the, you know, the professor was talking about, which is, you know, partly why I'm not in law school anymore. And there was only, there was only one, there was one other girl who also sat in my row. And the only reason she sat in my row is because she, you know, showed up late all the time. And I remember I opened up, she unfortunately wasn't late this day and I came in and she was there and I opened up my computer and I had forgotten to like, uh, close down the last thing I had been, uh, I had been using my computer and like the, the sounds. So like, she knows, so she knows she watched live with a bike and watch a poker stream. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Oh my God, that Wayne, Wayne Chang guy. Ooh. Um, 
So the, basically, I was on some like Dom sub site of which there were like sounds playing and like the images were quite interesting. And that only bl- played for like five seconds or so as I came into class. But like she definitely saw it and was like laughing and uh, and tried to play it off like uh, tried to pl- she 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 was good, man. She tried to play it off like she didn't see it. But I'm sure, you know, and I was like the old man, too. So I'm sure that story got told to all the youngsters who um either made fun of me or were more interested in me then and i never figured it out so i tell myself the second one but you know we we all know what the the truth is so yeah this is a tough conversation to have with somebody if you're into the stuff that's why the people who are into this kind of stuff they tend to find each other you know they have like forums and things like that where they can meet so not easy um i think this stuff is stuff is not really my cup of tea you can add you should really just kind of add some like dominant stuff into your normal play without taking it overboard that's for me but for people who are into this cool charlie doesn't seem like he's super into this either but he's got some i don't know maybe he is you know what it was like ironic is like a, a couple episodes before or maybe it might have been last episode marcy's like i'm gonna play a paralyzed person and it's like yeah yeah and then and now they talk about role playing and she's like oh what, what do you want me to do right like yeah it's like you are already role playing you were already pretending to be a paralyzed person you guys are already there what's more dom sub than being a paralyzed person <laughs> exactly nah, you know yeah although you can't really be a good slave perhaps but yeah i mean and then they talk about uh you know, she cracks a pretty nasty joke on him where he says like you know i could bring you up to the point of orgasm and then like not a lot and then keep you from getting there and she's like been there done oh, that oh i feel like we've done that oh man this guy charles what's, the, what's in the then joke they talk about golden showers they talk about golden showers right shout out to donald trump yeah. and um you know, Marcy doesn't really seem like into golden showers because she makes her safe word, don't pee on me, <laughs> right? So, I mean, Marcy said she was down for whatever. She said she would try. And I was, like, actually writing down. I was like, man, I'm going to give Marcy some propers for being, like, a really good, you know, partner here. She's really trying to make stuff work. Like, she finds out her guys into all kinds of weird shit that she didn't know. Not weird, but, like, you know, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Like, um, fetish stuff that she's not into or she is not really experienced and she seems like she's down she seems like she's gonna try but does she really try well what happens when he slaps her no good she says she starts yowling right screaming and i mean like let's be straight man if if we're talking about like you know slapping an ass as like uh you know the the gateway to uh the gateway to some kind of like more interesting sexual experiences like man marcy is she must be a super square because that just isn't even a big deal that's like completely standard and i mean like there's a reason you got a lot of flesh on your ass so it can be slapped like that's what it's for hashtag standard yeah I mean, so come on like that that's just completely normal my dog anyways <laughs> back at bill's place um hanks there with karen they sound high af yeah they're Again. drunk drinking wine yeah. they come alive in the nighttime hank challenges whether karen is happy with bill karen's like oh yeah hank is like uh bs you were happy with me karen's like no i was miserable with you hank's like uh no it was like a 10-year thing yeah it's again um, a 10-year thing right it was over for a decade i mean karen yeah <laughs> hank uh, Hank says they loved each other too much. They got it right the first time. Put too much pressure on to keep it going. 
which yeah. you know it's reasonable he misses her sure, smell uh and he says i didn't wash sheets so he could sniff sniff the sheets which is why uh he goes in for the kiss all the time yeah. uh karen's like did you wash those sheets hank's like had thrown away because uh this barista at starbucks you know had her period on it and then karen laughs yeah, he, he makes he makes a period joke right which I kind of thought the whole thing was a period joke when he said, I miss your smell, but I guess he didn't mean that. Um, so I guess I jumped the gun on that one. But do you know that, um, do you know that like, I mean, first of all, we have only like, you know, like sensory information, like a rat gets 40% of its sensory information from its olfactory sense, from its sense of smell. For humans, that is only 3%, right? So our like as we evolved, right, our brains ended up being like much more visual, for example, than um, than smell. And we do, I guess, have things like pheromones, but they have very little impact, right, is, is ultimately what it is. But do you know that guys actually prefer the smell of women who are ovulating? Did you know that? I did not know that. They apparently, also, women apparently prefer the smell of men who have high testosterone. <laughs> so... It, these things are because smell is so kind of muted in our minds we don't actually consciously experience this like we don't walk around and say oh i prefer this smell right or like you know so like hold our noses up right and like kind of sniff out for it but like you know other animals like if, like you know like dogs in heat right if a dog is in heat and is behind a fence it there, there might be no physical way you can possibly imagine it happening but like other dogs will figure out a way to get in there like, and you could just like look around and be like, how did you ever get in here? This is impossible. Like you must've transported here. You must've warped here, you know, to get, but they're there. Or the dog that's in heat will get out of the fence because there are like seven dude dogs like outside the fence, just like, <laughs> so like, obviously, you know, we're not as motivated by smell as some of the other ones. But I mean, when he says like, I, I miss your smell, I feel that, right? But I don't think it's actually some kind of like biological smell. It's probably like the detergent she uses or the perfume she wears or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I really miss Tide, you know? Um, so, yeah, and the period joke seemed uncalled for, but, you know, I mean, it's good that they laugh because people who can't deal well with periods are losers. So. so Karen says if she gives herself to Hank, he would run for the hills. And uh, he's not in love with her, he's in love with the idea of love why would she say this right who actually ran for the hills first of all the, the thing about not in love but with the idea of love I, I think that's good and that's often true maybe it's always true but the the why does she think he would run for the hills what is this imaginary thing that she has to project onto him what she actually did right she's the one who ran for the hills she ran away he didn't run away you know so like I don't know and not only did he not run away he's still all over her jock He's on her jock every single episode in the show. He's not running for the hills. Like, I just don't feel this narrative at all. She's the one who ran, you know? Now, the thing, the idea that he's in love with the idea of love, yeah, maybe. I mean, people potentially might be suffering a lot more after they lose someone than they enjoyed it when they had someone, you know? And it's like the kind of loss of that idea, um, the, uh, the, you know, what is love anyways, right? But, uh, you know, a series of chemicals to get us attached to people. But yeah, the idea of love, right, is great, right? And, I, you know, if you think about things in like kind of a romantic way, it's really beautiful and amazing. And you can see this in all sorts of unrealistic movies if you want. 
but you, pro- you know, most likely no, uh, no movie is unrealistic. A crazy little thing called love is very unrealistic. Oh, that's like um, the only one, though. Yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, it's like I don't know. It I feel I feel like that's kind of always true. Like she says, I mean, what what idea of love is she? Uh, does she believe in? Because her idea of love is that if a guy doesn't marry you, if you've been with him for ten years, yeah, maybe. Whoa! Oh, does do, does anybody watching the show really think that Karen loves Bill? Think about the way she talks about him, even in this scene. Right? He asks if you know uh, Bill makes you happy, right, and things like that. And it's a simple question. And she's like, "Well, I don't even know what happy means anymore. Who does? Right? Like, okay." Right, that's an answer. Right, we all know what that answer is. That means no. Yes. I'm not super yes. Happy. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. yes I'm, I'm totally one hundred percent. I want to pay my bills. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, Hank can pay the bills too. I've seen his house, so his maybe Porsche. not. What? Yeah. Maybe not as nice as bills. Yeah. So. So man. Karen, you know, goes to coffee and then they kiss and we're like, whoa! It's just like not cool. They're bad people. I mean, they're bad people. Like on both ends, you don't do this. You know, Karen's really bad. She has an obligation to Bill. She had an obligation to Hank too. She didn't care then. She doesn't care now. She's bad people. And Hank is a bad person. You don't sleep with somebody else. You don't kiss somebody else's fiance. It's not cool, man. Unless she's your soulmate. No, you just don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I, what, when I look, when I'm saying you just don't do it, right? I would do it, but I'm bad people. You know, like. You know, good people don't do this stuff. Esther, so, it's cool. Uh, listen, it's yeah. it's not just Esther. I have no standards. There is no bottom, so it's literally anyone. But, th- but good people don't do that stuff. Right? I think I've been told. Esther, he's not implying you. You're top shelf. <laughs> who's, so, who's Esther? You know, my grandma's Esther, name Esther, is Esther. Esther Pavitsky. My grandma. My grandma might watch this show. Okay. And now she's gonna think I'm talking about her in a really creepy way. Okay, let's talk about Estella. No, can we talk um, about my grandma Esther for a second? Sure. I called my grandma Esther a couple few weeks ago. We got into a fight about the current state of the world. You know, my grandma's a big, big supporter of uh, police. My grandma uh, doesn't think Black Lives Matter, and she thinks it's great whenever the police uh, shoot a black person because black people are all inherently bad, according to my grandma. So obviously we were getting into a fight because I'm stupid and I don't know enough to just keep my mouth shut and also never talk to my grandma because you know people like this don't deserve human relationships. And so I said at the end, I said, "Listen, Grandma, you know I was trying to salvage the call. I said I know it's very clear we we're very we're both very emotional here, and we have we definitely are not going to see eye to eye on this matter. But I want you to know I still love you." And my grandma said, "I love the police," and then hung up the phone. <laughs> That's where my grandma's at, people. Does my grandma love me, right? Does she, is my grandma does my grandma love me, or does she just have the idea of love with me? I think what my grandma really loves is the police, and it seems to me like my grandma and people like my grandma are willing to destroy every single relationship they have in their lives, except for their relationships with you know Sean Hannity, Fox News, people who you know wave guns at protesters, and Donald Trump. So uh, those people, I guess, will never let them down. Cheers to grandma. She was talking about the group, the police, and Sting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it'd be really interesting if somehow that's what she thought we were talking about the whole conversation. And she, and you know, she just couldn't understand like why I was talking so much trash about the police. And you know, yeah, I, I wish, I, I wish that were true. She'll be missing it's, you. It's not, I don't think so. Actually. I don't think people She'll like my grandma miss anyone. Yeah. I think they're very smugly self-satisfied at torching every relationship in their lot in their, their, their lives. So, so, well, Hank pushed, or sorry, Karen pushes Hank into the pool. And then the next scene, Hank and Karen are in bed. It's hot and sweaty. And nope, it it's Mia. It did seem, though, it seemed like a dream sequence, right? Like the way they were filming it. I was really worried that Bill was going to show up giving Hank a blowjob as dressed as a priest. <laughs> so I'm, I I was very thankful when that didn't happen. But I'm, I'm glad for our three listeners out there, I'm glad I could put that image into your minds. Anyways. So, so it was already there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've thought about it every day since I saw that episode. Yeah. Uh. So I can care in her bed, but no, it's Mia who uh, probes her, probes him about what was going on last night. And then Karen walks in, Hank's like, no, 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 don't look. And, you know, Mia is on the side of the bed. Hank's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And, Hank's pretty unsmooth in this scene, very unhank like. Well, I mean, yeah, it's to entertain us. I mean, it's a pretty bad situation. It's really bad situation he's in. Very strange. So uh, pretty, very similar to the Danny California situation uh, with Runkle earlier. So a lot, lot of discomfort in this episode. Parallel, parallels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Karen leaves. Amia asks, "Does Bill have anything to worry about?" And Hank is like, "No more than usual." I like that line. It's a pretty good line. Yeah. Breakfast. You know, I, I want to take off. You just said parallel. And this episode actually is a little bit of a parallel between Runkle and Marcy and the way they juxtapose the Runkle and Marcy in bed scene with the Hank and Karen sitting out on the, the pool scene because Marcy and, and Runkle are a couple that's together but is really drifting apart, right? They're clearly breaking apart. And Hank and Karen are a couple that's apart but really are together, right, in, in a lot of ways. So there definitely is a, a juxtaposition there that I think is intentional. Yeah. Wow. You, Tom Capino's planned this? So, <laughs> probably. Yeah, or not. Yeah, I don't know. You told me that, you know, scenes only last like 30 seconds max or something like that um, on be, TV yeah. shows. Otherwise, people get bored. So. Yeah, it depends. Breakfast time and Hank and Karen are there with me and Becca. You know, no awkwardness there. And then Bill calls, and Karen picks up. It's like, oh, I thought you were, you know, when are you getting back? And then, you know, yeah. Hank leaves. Coming home soon. He's got to go. He gives Karen a big sniff before he left, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah. So uh, throwback. Mia in this scene, by the way, she's just loving Hank so much. She really just loves having him around. She looks like a kid. She looks like a kid happy that her dad's there, honestly, which is, you know, partly that's kind of their relationship in a weird way uh, at this point. You know, Hank has gone to rescue her, and he's kind of like her surrogate dad um, that he slept with. Uh, so it's like the Trump family and um, that's but it's yeah I mean and it, it's you know Hank's pink shirt in this scene too the pink polo yeah I'm definitely gonna go out by that he's pretty but, in pink he's pretty in yeah, pink yeah. yeah no Bill is Bill is pretty weak man there's nothing there's nothing wrong with pink but Hank uh, Hank in a polo is not it just doesn't work Marco polo so Hank goes in for the sniff so in this episode we're gonna call him Sniffleupagus yeah and this scene, um, Hank goes home. Yeah. And it's Mia's 
written work, and I really like this. It says, Rome is, Rome is burning, he said, as he poured himself another drink. Yet here I am, knee-deep in a river pussy. Here it comes, she thought. Another self-indulgent whiskey-soaked diatribe about how fucking great everything was in the past yeah. and how all of us poor souls who were born too late to see the stones wherever, whenever, or snort the good, snort the good coke at Studio 54, we all missed out on everything worth living for. The worst part is she agreed with him. Really, really, I, I, I thought that was great. I thought it was great for Hank, too. It's Hank's character. You know, it's absolutely him. And he makes you feel it. He Like, his nostalgia and the, the desire he has for the past. And, and, you know, we all kind of end up stuck in our past because it's like the our musical tastes really get stuck at a very specific period of time in our youth, right, and things like that. And so, and these are like, we all kind of get stuck in our formative years mentally, in some ways where like that's always the time that we view as like the best time even though in some ways your life is you know yeah in some ways it really is you know and and as you get older you get more secure and you know everything is just safer and your life is easier and you're you're more secure with yourself too and that's a really nice thing right like you like when you're young and you're a loser you feel it man you know you're a loser like everyone treats you like you're a loser you know you can't get a girl things like that but then when you get older you're just like nah man I'm awesome like yeah okay fine everyone thinks I'm a loser but I'm fucking awesome like that's great that's the best part about getting older but you always do I don't think it's avoidable to just keep going back in time and looking at those moments where things happened or things didn't happen and always wishing you could have done something differently or wishing the path had gone in a different way or seeing that those times were just so much more full of promise there was so much more out there for you that maybe you didn't get and that feels like something that's kind of almost universal that we all have those kinds of feelings and 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 hank can really make you feel like that's true like he can really make you feel like la is this crummy place and new york must have been this awesome place that he came from right that the world in which people speak in lol is really a world that's lost something compared to the soul that it used to have right back in the days of studio 54 or whatever and i kind of feel that man like i you know i wasn't alive then but i i kind of think back on that time and think it was a pretty awesome time to be alive so it was the best of times it was the worst of times yeah no i think it was just the best um, <laughs> you'd have you know, the best yeah anyway. So Hank Hank reads Mia's writing, and then there's a knock on the door, and it's unnamed surfer chick. Um, and then uh, taking advantage of him, uh, yeah. she says she was taking advantage of him, gives back the vinyl and guitar. And you know, yeah. this is the most fictitious part in you know all of yeah, ridiculous, cinema. ridiculous. Yeah. Like she even still had that stuff. Like she didn't take that stuff straight to the pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what's really happening though. You know, she's saying you were so nice to me, and I totally took advantage of you, and I feel bad. That's not what's happening. Hank's dick is just that good. Like she knew she was her normal mo is just to steal all the dude's stuff if she can get away with it, right? But his he, Hank's just too good. You know, you just can't once you get that Hank dick, you got to go back for more. So she's like, okay, like you know, she's got she's got this dilemma, right? She's like, okay, if I go back to this guy's house, I'm gonna have to give back all this stuff. That means I can't sell it. I can't get the money for it. Or I could sell this stuff. But then I can really never go back to his house and get some more of that dick. And, well, we see where she chose, right? Like, it's pretty valuable. Hank Moody dick. I know. I like it. Um, then, uh, yeah, she's about to say her name. And Hank says, yes. 
and they get it on. Yeah. And so here. now it's Hank's choice. Hank wanted to know her name. Now he doesn't want to know her name because he's in a, he's, he's sad, right? He wants, yeah. Here we are. She thought the edge of the world, edge of civilization. We are all so desperate to feel something. We end up fucking our way to the end of days. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's my favorite defense mechanism. You know, what better defense mechanism is there to the unbearable lightness of being than just, you know, fucking forever? Seems like a good one to me. So, Definitely. Yeah. Fucking yeah, so if you're out there, you know, uh, just drop a line on uh, YouTube and, uh, you know, hit me up. <laughs> if okay. you're not out there, uh, you know, if you're not interested in that, just uh, send us some money on uh, Patreon and, uh, you know, I'll use that money to take care of my uh, needs. So that was the end of the episode. Stay tuned for episode seven of season one. Smash that like button, hit subscribe. This is Michael Amos. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for getting me out of bed. Appreciate it. T22, so it's only time. I got you out of bed. Did, you, yeah, did I, mean, I interrupt anything? What? Well, I, I mean, anything? yeah, I was. I've watched about six and a half hours of pornography today. Is that That's okay, right? That's normal? Well, you have to watch yourself and improve your technique, right? That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Like I, t I take copious notes. Um, yeah. They I are. take I take a lot of notes, and I watch the ones where it's I, I watch the ones where it's like you know like senior citizens with um you know girls who are a lot younger because I figure that's the boat I'm in now. You know, so what can I do? You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I did not stop recording before you said that, but yeah. I'll stop recording now. Bye. Nice. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>